Pastor Xavier Reese on hearing the voice of God and heeding His simple truths. The will of God is revealed in the Word of God. This is the testing ground for you and for us as leaders. If you are not obedient to the revealed will of God in the Bible, don't kid yourself thinking you're going to obey when He talks to you personally about a situation. You're deceiving yourself. This is the testing ground. If you do not obey this, you will not obey God when He tells you to go somewhere to do something. You just won't. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. This simple truth from Proverbs 29.18 warns a healthy relationship with God depends on the continued revelation of God's Word. And so Pastor Xavier continues now a study illustrating with the pattern of leadership at the Church of Antioch from Acts chapter 13, how vital it is for the church to maintain sound scriptural doctrine while resisting a modern politically correct spin on God's eternal truths. Let's listen. Luke gives to us three identifying marks characterizing the men of the Church of Antioch, which becomes the missionary-minded church. They're as follows. They were men of the Word, verse 1. They were men of the Holy Spirit in verse 2, and they were men of prayer, verse 3. Real simple. Notice the church of Antioch was to become the missionary center in contradistinction to Jerusalem. This is the focus here also. Uh, now the church that was at Antioch, the city of Antioch, as you know, became the center that the Jews could have never even believed or accepted. They had a hard time with the Gentiles. It was the third largest city of the Roman world, Rome being first, then Alexandria. And the church of Antioch was said to be established due to the persecution that scattered the Christians. Uh, chapter 11, verse 19 through 20 gives us that, that earmark there. And in verse 19 there, the word spread as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But then in verse 20 of chapter 11, the word of God was preached to the Greeks. By the men who came from Cyprus, Cyrene, and they had come to Antioch, and they began to preach to the Hellenists, and the Hellenists there is the Greeks, in contrast to the Jews. The church was taught by Barnabas and by Saul for a year there at Antioch, and the church at Antioch, remember, sent relief to the poor, saints of Jerusalem, by the hand of Barnabas and Saul, because Agabus the prophet had prophesied of the famine to come. In Acts 11.30 and 12.25, they come back. God has been working, verifying, confirming everything else, so we know it's a work of God. It isn't something that men just planned out to do. Very, very important. So here again we see the pattern of leadership directed by what? The Holy Spirit of God. And what's the guidance? The Word of God. Real simple. It's like your GPS. It tells you where to go. And yet all of a sudden it tells you make a right. You go, no, 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 it's not right. And you don't obey it. Well, it says we have to reconfigure now because you thought you were smarter than your GPS. And that's God. He's directing. Oh, no, it can't be God. He said, just follow my word. Notice the church of Antioch was equipped with men who were prophets and teachers. He names them there for us. Prophets were those who spoke on behalf of God, revealing the word of God. The primary function of a prophet, as you know, was to be the mouthpiece of God, to call people back to repentance. Secondary, he would give future events. But that was always a secondary function, Old and New Testament. 
Now, Proverbs 29.18, listen to what it says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The word vision there does not mean vision for ministry. The word is a revelation of God's word for guidance and instruction for maturity of life. You understand? The men were seeking and waiting on God, evident of being filled with the Spirit of God uh, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. They were ministering to the Lord and fasting uh, the Spirit-filled life. The practice of fasting means to abstain from food or drink for different periods of time. The practice of fasting and prayer always go together. You don't fast because you want to lose weight. The practice of fasting was to seek the Lord's direction, His will. Cornelius was fasting four days, seeking the Lord for salvation in Acts 10.30. They were the point of transition here. They're going to reach the Gentiles. They're praying about missions. They've been there for some years already in Antioch. God is directing. God has already spoken to Paul before. This is probably about 49 AD. Paul was there at 43. He spent a year 44. So we're talking 44, 49. You're talking about five years since that time. Six years in the church. It takes time. Everything takes time. Everybody wants everything overnight. You need to prove yourself. You need to show God your heart. And God has to see where you're going. Not that he doesn't know it, but he wants you to see where you're at. They had been a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. Here they are now. They're going to go witness to the ends of the earth. Three missionary journeys. The fourth one, he goes to Nero to preach to get sent home to heaven by getting his head cut off. Usually three missionary uh, journeys are mentioned, but there's the fourth one. He went to Nero. Now, they were able to render this type of service only by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice, Jesus points out it was for empowerment for service in Acts 1.8, the filling of the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 and 25 says, I say, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. This is the customary life for you and I. It doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. But we try all we can to deny our flesh so we can please God and be all that we can be. You understand? The believer is commanded to be continually filled with the Spirit of God in Ephesians 5.18. It's not a suggestion. Not a good idea. It's an imperative command. Now... Notice the men were sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, evident of being one with God. The Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They heard the voice of the Spirit speaking to them and the church, because this implies the church is gathered with them. The focus is just on these men, pastors, uh, prophets, and teachers, but the church is there gathered. Without doubt, how did God speak? Through the Holy Spirit. Through one of the prophets. He already did through Agabus, right? Chapter 11. He was there. Through the prophet. The Holy Spirit says, separate unto me. This is an imperative command. The present tense, as Greek scholars tell us, indicating an action in the past and present. So it was really confirmation to both of these men, not news. So that means when they heard that prophecy, Barnabas and Paul, named Saul then, this was a confirmation, not news. God had already dealt with them. We know from Paul's call. We know the barn has been used. So the Greek tells us it's not only present being proclaimed, but that it had been in the past. Confirmation. When they had gone through Phrygia and the regions of Galatia, Acts 16.6, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. The Acts is a book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit has been in control since Acts. 
in Jerusalem. The day of Pentecost. He's calling them out. Acts 16, he forbids them. Acts 16, 7, after they came to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Holy Spirit did not permit them. I love it. Your GPS. There it is. Don't go there. Make a right. Left. No, 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 not there. Okay. How's your ear to the voice of God? They heard two names called out for the special work. Barnabas and Saul for the work. Barnabas, the son of consolation. He was used of God. He took a chance on Paul. Saul, he's been called the chosen vessel. Confirmation through Ananias in Acts 9. He came to, to uh, Jerusalem, was there only a little while, got too hot to handle. They sent him to Tarsus, nine years, R&R. He's ministering in secret, obscurity. God begins to work in Antioch, sends Barnabas for him. They come down, God has been doing his work. Here we are a little later down the road. He's called for the special work. What work? As we go from here on, Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Derby, the first missionary journey, and two to go. How interesting. They were called by the Holy Spirit to which I have called them, it says. The verb is in the middle voice, the Greek scholars tell us. I have called them for myself. There is a difference between direct service and undirected service. One is effective, the other is ineffective. One comes from heaven, the other one comes from earth. Which one do we want? Even as when Jesus told the disciples to cast their net on the other side. And they've been fishing all night and caught nothing. And I can see Peter going, oh Lord, okay Lord, you know, you're you're a preacher, you're pretty good dad, but we're professional fishermen. But you know what, I'm going to humor you. I'm going to cast my net on the other side. Their nets busted. The ships began to sink. You see, directed service from heaven is effective. Now here's the key. Here's the trap. Directed service by man sometimes will produce. But the only way we can judge is from heaven if it goes along with the word. If the, if the things they're using, the methods, are not biblical or contradict scripture, I don't get caught up with the ends. I don't care how many good works are going on. You understand? The end does not justify the means. That's relativism. We do not go with that. We go with what the scripture says. Too often men call themselves to the work or just are copying the work of other men. Not being directed by the Holy Spirit. The call is always personal. Followed by confirmation, ladies and gentlemen. Always. Time is the test of all things. The only way a church can function effectively and in the will of God is by men and women being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not speaking in tongues. Being filled with the Spirit is not being able to slay people in the Spirit and they wiggle around the floor like worms. Being filled with the Spirit is not barking like dogs and flying like eagles. That's flesh. Brings attention to you. It insults the Spirit of God. Being filled with the Spirit is being able to say no to your flesh and your sin nature. By knowing the Word, by being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is denying yourself and esteeming others more than yourself. Being filled with the Spirit is being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ from day to day, from glory to glory, by the Spirit of God. Being filled with the Spirit is being the husband and wife that the Bible says you can be. Being filled with the Spirit is being obedient to all the will of God at all times. You should be my witnesses unto me, Jesus said, Acts 1.8. 
The only way a church can be effective for God is to have pastors and leaders who are filled and directed by the Holy Spirit. This does not mean they are perfect or that they don't make mistakes. This does not mean they're the only ones who can hear the voice of God. This means that they follow the leading of the Spirit of God who will always confirm it through the Word of God. In Acts 15.28, the first church council, listen to James, the half-brother of Jesus, when they were arguing about the Gentiles, what to do with them. He said, for it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. The Holy Spirit is conducting the church in the book of Acts and it should be doing it today in our lives. You understand? Today it's the church pastors, it's the committees and all this. The Holy Spirit is the one who directs the church. He calls that pastor, he, he brings the people to the church, God is doing the work through the people, and they should be following God's lead, confirmed through the word of God for that church body. Not be quacking ducks for all the programs that they give out, church growth and everything else. Power evangelism, the emerging church. The life of Paul demonstrates the principle throughout the book of Acts. I don't have time, but if you go through there, start in chapter 18, 5, uh, it says Paul was compelled by the Spirit. In Acts 19, 21, it says that um, Paul purposed in the Spirit, uh, and on and on and on, all the way down. He's a man, he's directed, he's guided, he's reproved, he's, he, he's, he's stopped by the Spirit of God. How are you doing there? Too many today are following the latest craze of methodology. Be a church grows, I said, power evangelism, seeker friendly, church movement, the emerging church, whatever it may be. And, and, and there'll be something else after this. Who defend themselves always by the end justifies the means. No, it does not. The word justifies whether it's God or not. Not the end product. So I feed people, I clothe people. Nothing wrong with that. But now they have no gospel, now they're going to hell clothed and full. Great. We preach the gospel, and then because we do love the Lord, we do meet practical needs, but that's never the hook, and it's never the goal. That's socialism. Look at all the good things we've done. Yeah, but they contradict Scripture. The men of Antioch were men of the Holy Spirit. Notice thirdly, they were men of prayer, verse 3. The men, after having fasted and prayed, believed God's revelation. Then they, having fasted and prayed, they accepted the revelation being from God, the Holy Spirit in particular here, as the next step to reveal the will of God for the church at Antioch. They prayed. The word there has the idea of worship and reverence. And the word is never used of man, but always of God. They went to God. They were asking God, if if you ask him for bread, is he going to give you a stone? course not. Now Richard Foster in the imagery and contemplative prayer says, now, now you have to be careful if you're a novice because when you, when you, when you go through these disciplines of contemplative prayer, you, you can contact demons. Well, where is that in the Bible? Jesus says, you just call my name. You don't have to worry about nothing. I'm a child of God. So he does admit that you're entering demonic realm. They were asking, seeking and knocking and they waited for the Lord Jesus to speak to them. Prayer and fasting go together. Daniel's a perfect example. At the end of the captivity, you want to find out how he fit in God's plan. (laughs) 
Luke 11, 9 says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be opened. But always by the word of God. Now, the acknowledgement of ongoing confirmation that God not only had begun the church, but he was continuing to direct the church. He began in Jerusalem, he went to Samaria, now it's Antioch, he's continuing. God had used them to preach the gospel of Antioch in chapter 11. God used Barnabas to confirm the work with Saul in the work in chapter 11 also. God does it a step at a time, he's confirming things. He's affirming what he said in Acts 1.8 again, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Notice the men, after having fasted and prayed, cooperated with the Holy Spirit then as they laid their hands on them. The laying of hands is rooted in the Old Testament, as you know. The priest would lay hands on the animal, the individual would also transferring the sin, the animal would die. Uh, the practice symbolic of confirming, affirming, or transmitting. The prophets and teachers at Antioch were commending Barnabas and Saul, notice that, to the grace of God for the work they had been called to. And this we get in chapter 14, verse 26, when they come back. So we get that information that really fits here, but we don't get it till the end, when they come back. The church was saying that they were behind Barnabas and Saul regarding the first missionary journey. The church was saying that they would be involved prayerfully and behind them. That's what they're saying. Now notice, the men after having fasted and prayed released Barnabas and Saul for the Lord and his work. They sent them away, it says. They were not sending novices out, but men who had proved themselves by life and through years. Trustworthy, faithful. Too often novices are sent just because they've gone to school to be missionaries. Let's see what your life is made of first, before you go try to convert the pagan. Let's see how you do at home first. Life is practice. <laughs> it's where the rubber meets the road. Too often they only go when they get their support raised. And they don't go until they get their support raised. And if they don't get it, they don't go. If you're a missionary and God's called you to go, what are you waiting for? Paul went. Do you see any funds being raised here? Any pledges? Nothing said about money. And if we follow the book of Acts, Paul says he was a tent maker. Philippians only gave two offerings to him. Wow. If you're a missionary, you believe God's called you, go. Go get a job. And you serve and go where he told you to go. You understand? And let him confirm your calling. They were eager to see how and what God would do through these men. This was new territory. It was a continuing work of God, his church. They understood that though they, in practical way, were sending Barnabas and Saul out, they knew that it was God sending them out, not them. Here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen. God alone can send men out to be effective. We think we can send people out, and that's why they bomb out so much. And they're depending on man, not God. God alone knows all things, and therefore it is very Easy for him to be effective as he sends the right man to the right place because he has the right people. Their hearts are prepared. You understand? 
Philip and the Ethiopian are a perfect example of that. God alone knows the heart of man. He prepares them. He ties them together. Not committees. Not seminaries. Not Bible colleges. The will of God is revealed in the word of God. This is the testing ground for you and for us as leaders. If we are not obedient. If you are not obedient to the revealed will of God in the Bible. Don't kid yourself thinking you're going to obey when he talks to you personally about a situation. You're deceiving yourself. This is the testing ground. What is it? Ink and paper. If you do not obey this, you will not obey God when he tells you to go somewhere to do something. You just won't. Like if he speaks to you about breaking off a relationship that you know is wrong, you shouldn't be in. If you don't, then you disobey. Or perhaps it's a wayward child you have at home. And you in fact are facilitating them and helping them in their sin. You need to give them up to God. Or maybe it's a decision where you're going to move or a job. Then you have to hear the voice of God. And if he doesn't speak to you, then he gives you the ability to choose. Use good common sense. Don't make it so mystical. Philippians 4, 6-7, Paul says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding with your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. The word. Prayer by the Spirit of God. Where to pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 The Lord Jesus taught His disciples how to pray as He gave them a model prayer. Not for us to be repeated, but what it's to contain in Matthew 6.9-13. through 13. The prayer leads, first of all, it gives us our privilege of relationship. Our Father. It leads us to the boat of God who art in heaven. The nature of his person is to be acknowledged. Holy is your name. The kingdom of God is to be the primary and central focus of our petition. Thy kingdom come. The will of God is to be understood as the perfect and the best thing. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The provisions for life are to be trusted and dependent on God. Give us this day our daily bread. The cry for forgiveness is to be based on the fact that we also are willing and ready to impart forgiveness to others. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And the need of guidance always from evil and deliverance from evil is to be dependent on constantly to God. And do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. Do your prayers contain that? Or are they selfish prayers? Who's at the center of it? It's all about Jesus. October 1st, 86, the Lord gave us this building. No pledges, no car wash, no cookie sales. You have never been hammered for money ever. You never will. Our responsibility is to feed you, not to fleece you. Because we believe what God guides, He provides. And if He's out in it, then we don't want to do it. We have laid hands on many, ministry and missionaries. But we take this principle, do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure, 1 Timothy 5.22. So I'm very careful who I recommend in books, pastors, over this pulpit, or anything. The men of Antioch were men of prayer. A pattern for leadership. And so you have the three identifying marks characterized as men at the Church of Antioch, the missionary center of the world. They were men of the Word, men of the Holy Spirit, and men of prayer. How are we doing? 
Nothing's changed, you know, ladies and gentlemen. Same church, same Christ, same Bible. Pastor Xavier Reese from Acts chapter 13, summarizing the keys rooted in Scripture for the building of the church today on Simple Truths. Now, copies of today's study titled Antioch, the Missionary Church, are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Antioch, the Missionary Church, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for helping us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. And then tell a friend to join us for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese right here next time. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 